What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. Today, we're going to be doing something different with our, a new segment we're calling Ghosts, Legends, or Crime. So that'll be the three topics that we'll be basically covering, which covers a wide gamut, I think, of different things that we can uh, talk about. So today, we're going to be talking about the legend or ghost of La Llorona, and that is a actual story about a woman they call the weeping woman in English, which is a really fascinating story. I spent a lot of time trying to research it. I'm sure Brittany did too, Uh, but we got a lot to talk about that. But other than that, before we get into that, how are you doing? Good. Yeah? You said you're going out tonight? You're going to have fun? Uh, Doing something cool anyway? Pretty much I think it's supposed to be like a girl's night. It might just be like hanging out with Lauren drinking at her house. but Just chilling. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Well, that's a girl's I night. I was like, I didn't remember agreeing to plans, but I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, people ask me things when I'm tired. You, lo- you lose track of days or something, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're just going to be watching some uh, movies. I got Josh over, and we're going to be watching just some random fucking movies tonight. Yeah, I forgot it was Friday. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> like, I usually have plans on Fridays and Saturdays, and this weekend's like an anomaly because there's nothing going on. Like, yeah. No, nothing. So that's why I was like, oh, I'm free, and I can do like random things like have a girls' night or like make my friend dinner tomorrow or whatever. Right, yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I get, uh, I get for the most part, like with if there's a day that I can do absolutely nothing. It's like Tuesdays at night I get off, like the evening on, mm-hmm. and then Fridays I can be up in the air. Yeah. Like if I decide that I want to work on the episode since we record on Thursdays, I just do it then and then whatever. Yeah. But anyway. I feel like I'm never off. Yeah. I understand, man. <laughs> <laughs> at something. least you're getting paid. It's what I'm telling you, man. It's, it's fucking amazing. At least that. But I know right. it sucks either way. So, But I think it might be that time, Brittany. Horse shots! So we're back to do horror shots, and through the power of magic studio actions, we have someone here with us to do the shot. It is Vash, one of my good buddies that uh, I've just become friends with, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, a couple years ago. Maybe about maybe two, three, three years ago, maybe? Yeah, three maybe. It's ago, since yeah. fucking Xbox started, yeah. I guess. Hi, everyone. He's going to be doing a, a episode with us on Thursday uh, for our Troll 1 and 2 
that we're going to be doing, and we wanted to make sure we brought him on for the horror shot, so he's going to be doing it special. He actually went out and bought all the ingredients for us, so... Because that's what you yes. do. That's what you fucking do. A committed one. fan. Yeah! yeah. So, <laughs> take the fucking lead that the bone he threw you guys and follow it. Yes. And all you gotta do... Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, you uh, do. <laughs> all we're gonna do now is basically make a shot based on one of the movies. We decided... I decided I thought it would be a better idea to do one based around Troll 2 because it's got... It's... Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's bigger than Troll 1 for some reason. It is. It has, a I think, a bigger cult following. Yeah. It's not the better film, but troll. it's got a bigger <laughs> cult following. Yeah, sure. which was surprising to me. But when I saw it again as an adult, I could see why. But right. I did, as a kid, there was no way I'd understand mm. why the fuck someone would like that one more. But. Right. Because <laughs> holy shit, those are like Party City. Right. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get, we'll get into that. We'll yeah, get into yeah. That we got to save that for the Thursday episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I've been we've been meaning to get Vash on for a long while, and we decided on this drink. We wanted to do something. What are we going to call this, by the way? Uh, Nilbog Grog. I mean, Nilbog Grog. That is awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's that what it, awesome. I mean, that's that's perfect, right? Right. They wouldn't be drinking something fancy. Those dirty little trolls. Barfill, more like Barfill. Holy shit! Thank you. That's all they I don't thought. age that shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's straight up trash. Right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what okay. I thought when I heard that. I'm like, chlorophyll, more like borophyll. I'm like, God damn it, Adam Sandler, you've ruined me. Well, to give you guys a little bit of an idea what the, the Troll 2 movie, there is this green substance that they try to make people eat that essentially turns them into chlorophyll and trees. It looks like... The, so that they can eat them. It looks like the food and drink that the Lost Boys in Hook consume kind of yeah what it looks bang a rang yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they do this because they're against eating meat right yeah, they're, they're all vegetarians they're vegetarian, so they're vegetarian they, vegetarian they, vampires. they turn meat into vegetables i don't know it's just interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways so we'll get in so the ingredients for this drink guys is first of all you're going to pour about a half a shot of vodka in the shot glass mm-hmm mm. <laughs> Get her ready there, Vash. Suck her down your gullet. I hate vodka because it hurts so I don't good. like it either. And uh, because, you know, Nilbog has their main ingredient, which is green shit, <laughs> we decided to buy uh, one of the Green Machine naked drinks that are really super expensive. Yeah, it's like $4 for one fucking drink. Yeah, but the nutrients. Or out in, out in the LBC, it's probably like $8. This it's is- got like... Eight fucking hundred vegetables in there. Right. Yeah, yet it's still well, it's like actually fruit. one of the okay. tastier ones, yeah, if, it's still if you like ask. Damn it is. It is. And it's actually filling. It is. It is. Filling. It's a good meal like replacement. It. So, after you pour your half shot of vodka, then you're going to go ahead and pour it on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Make a little love puddle. <laughs> what did you fucking do? I don't know do? why I did that. I don't even. Dear God. How, how many shots? Oscar how many drinks are you in, Alex? Came on your computer desk. I think Alex Alex started this Jesus. podcast an hour ago. He did. The horror he poured, shot. He poured a shit ton on the desk. Just like on the... He missed the cups. <laughs> he, he dropped one for his homies, the goblins. Yeah, it's for the homies, the goblins. <laughs> for, for the goblins. For the goblins. My nilbog motherfuckers out there. <laughs> my nilbog. For the bro. absolutely... <laughs> For the zero trolls that made an appearance in this movie. Uh, what's up, my nibbog? Yeah, what's my up, my nibbog? nibbog? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Let's get down on this ground. Yeah. <laughs> on my vegetarian nibbog, motherfucker. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> going. Yeah, God. we're we're borderline something here. I don't know what. But... <laughs> oh, so greens. So now you're gonna pour about you know almost to the top, not all the way. You want to leave a little room because for the last ingredient. So you're gonna pour in your mean green on top. Oh, hold on, hold on. Is the mean green our last one? No. Second one. No. Okay. Thank you. So vodka first, half a shot, then fill it almost to the top. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> well, make yourself at home, <laughs> there, man. This, this grog is hard to pour. What's up, my Neil Bob? What's up, my Neil Bob? Can't get over that, dude. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> this is that Neil Bob lean? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Neil Bob lean, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Glogging on some Neil Bog. Neil Bog and juice. Sipping on Neil Bog grog. Laid back. With my mind on my trees and my money on my goblins. Something like that. Oh, shit. All right, so now now we're going to pour our final ingredient, which is amaretto. Part of the reason we do amaretto is because it's kind of like the the cheap grab for um, the Italian drink, because it's a notorious Italian uh, liqueur. So you pour a little bit on top. It's like a cheap hooker in Vegas as opposed to a cheap hooker like in LA. Hey, we tip our heads to Claudio Fragasso. <laughs> Hey, you're oh. all fucking dogs. All right, here we go. All right. Here you go, Brittany. Mm. Oh, God, this is a big shot, bro. <laughs> Hold on. let me. I want to know how big his shot is. I don't know. Grog <laughs> kind of makes it seem like it's going to be drank out of a I big mean, it's a tanker. Pint, right? yeah. It's a pint, right? Yeah, good luck <laughs> a pint. yeah, it is. Totally, Vash. Totes. That's like one of those tall, skinny shot glasses. I like this color. So oh, hang tight, guys. Shot. Will Vash oh, be right, the second live puking we've had on the on the one of the? Oh God! Dun dun dun! <laughs> Drum roll, please. So what do we cheers to? Oh, we got to say it together, guys. Oh, we got to yeah. say the line, the line. Okay. Yeah. All right. So maybe we say it after or before we drink it. What do you think? After? No. After. after. You think after? Yeah. So we drink it and then we scream, yeah. "Oh my God." Yes. We're screaming, oh yes. my God. Yeah, but don't scream into the mic. That. Scream off a little bit because yeah. it's going to be loud. <laughs> yeah. I'll be deaf. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Oh my, oh my God! God! <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that, that doesn't sound like it at all. Uh, no, it didn't. Oh, but there it is. Okay. That was just really gross at first. It we can good. redo that if we want and do. Ooh, no, not at the same. No. We don't have to do it at the same time. No, no. Okay, uh. dude, because that, that shit was gross. Ooh. That feels gross in my stomach. And if, <laughs> and if you guys would like to do a Nilbog grog. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Nilbog lane. I mean, hey, if you expect, yeah, like if you expect a troll to drink to be delicious, there's something probably wrong with it. Mm, yes, all it's supposed to be atrocious, and that's what makes them trolls. Right. Is drinking shit like this, guys. Over time, make sure you stay tuned on Thursday. Vash will be back with us. I'm sure it'll be a blast. Vash is a really good buddy of mine, so I hope you guys tune in on Thursday. So we'll see you then, Vash. 
All right, guys. See you then. And then if you guys want to check out that Nilbog Grog and get down with some Nilbog, all you got to do is head on down to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shots. Now, Mm. this is Casey Kasem signing out. Signing out. That's it for horror shots. Now, this just in, we have a lot of fucking news, and you should stick it in your fucking ears, people. It's the fucking news! Here is the fucking news. So, guys, we got some news today. A lot of these are kind of releases and things. There's a little couple bits of tidbits of news. Bits of tidbits. Bits of tidbits, yes. Um, first of all, Outer Limits, the first season, is finally coming out on Blu-ray. Uh, they just talked about this, and I'm kind of excited about it. I'm a little weirded out that it isn't just the entire collection. So I, you know what's probably going to happen and is they're going to do one season at a time, mm-hmm. and then they're going to do a full collection afterwards for like cheaper than all of them. But they're going to try to milk each one, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I hate to say that, but that's that's really the kind of vibe I'm getting. But to give you guys kind of an idea, it's a seven-disc set that can tr- it has over 27 hours of transmission from 1963 to 1964 series. This vessel has sought you out for one specific purpose, to expand your mind to the outer limits. <laughs> Special features include audio commentaries by David J. Shaw, author of The Outer Limits Companion, and film historians Tim Lucas, Reba Winsner, Craig Beam, Gary Gerani, Michael Hyatt, and Steve Mitchell. Also, there's a segment called There Is Nothing Wrong With Your Television Set, and it is a 40-page booklet essay by David J. Shaw. So, um... Basically, the series aired on ABC from 1963 to 1965 with a total of 49 episodes across two seasons. So they're going to be selling these individually. It does not say. It says Kino is going to be doing it uh, for. Wow. Holy moly. Uh, I don't think that's the price right now. <laughs> Season one is only $100. Whoa. That doesn't seem right. It says it's coming out on March 27th, 2018, though. So I would just take a look for it on Amazon if you can, guys. I'll put a link down below. Also in the news, we have Dr. Sleep, the Shining sequel, has a brand new, shiny new director. And that is Mike Flanagan. So if you guys aren't familiar with the Dr. Sleep, first of all, after the... Stephen King novel adaptation, it came out. It was like a huge success. So they're like trying to green light all these movies, obviously. But the there was a book called Dr. Sleep, which was basically about the boy who Danny. Danny yeah, who the you remember the chick in The Shining that was in the shower that he saw that Danny like, saw as a young lady and they turned out old right. And she yeah. kept talking about this thing or whatever. And it, well, suppose in room two thirty seven. Mm-hmm. well that continues on and to the future and Danny's still haunted by this person and then meets somebody who is able to put this box on him so that he doesn't have to like, not a physical box, but just to be able to lock away this spirit. 
but it kind of follows him into his 40s when he has become essentially very much like his father, who is an alcoholic and all this other stuff. This is not based off The Shining, the movie, um, the more popular one. This is based off the novel, so there are going to be some differences, you know what I mean? But it is interesting, you know, to see uh, that they're going to be doing this. Flanagan will rewrite the script originally adapted by Akiva Goldsman. If you're not familiar with him, he did the movie Oculus and he and Macy just teamed up for Netflix adaptation of the Gerald's game. So Flanagan and Macy are currently in production of The Haunting of Hill House for Netflix. And their other collaborations are Hush, Ouija Origin of Evil and Before I Wake. So those have all been pretty big successes. So odds are this could be a really good movie. So I guess we'll see. I don't know very much. I never read The Shining book. I, read, I think I read some of it years ago, mm-hmm. but I never... I'm not as big a fan as, like, Josh out there, so <laughs> I won't even touch it. Also, there is a new poster for the movie. It's called The Endless. They hit the film festivals last year. Uh, it looks pretty amazing. If you're not familiar with them, uh, the people that did the movie Resolution and Spring, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, we did an episode about resolution before and they've got this really cool story coming out about the endless it says um moorhead and benson the directors themselves actually star as brothers who return to the death cult from which they fled a decade ago only to find that there might be some truth to the group's otherworldly beliefs so it's kind of like a weird i don't know it's interesting it's like a sci-fi thriller they're gonna make it i've heard a couple of different release dates I think the more solid one is probably March 23rd, but I've also heard April 13th. So let's hope it's the sooner one, guys. Definitely keep a lookout. I think there's a uh, a brief trailer, like a teaser trailer up now if you guys want to see it. So there's been a lot of rumors that have been circulating us this past week about the future of the Cloverfield verse. Well, they call it the Cloververse. <laughs> but uh, basically, Cloverfield looks like that Netflix might be like buying the whole stories and everything so if this happens if there's an acquisition of minds here then the movie might come out sooner than later so i'm kind of curious as to see what happens with this Mm -hmm. the title the most recent one that's supposed to come out um is called god particle it was formerly called god particle the third installment in the universe that is at the point in time when this happened it was releasing in theaters on april 20th via paramount Now, apparently, several high-profile entertainment sites have confirmed that there might be Netflix actually doing it. They say that the Hollywood Reporter is saying that the uh, Paramount chairman, Jim Giannopoulos, is behind the decision to part ways with the possibly titled Cloverfield Station, as he's been combing through Paramount's slate of upcoming films and deciding what he should, you know, pick to be released in the theaters and should not. So, allegedly, the new Clover film didn't even make the cut. So, and this is what THR said. They said, sources say that the movie needed some work, and while Abrams expressed an intent to get down to business in post-production, it was too little too late. Several sources suggested that Abrams' attention may be taken up by his unexpected new assignment, the final installment of the Star Wars Skywalker episodes, which he signed on to in September after the firing of director Colin Trevorrow. Also, in addition to this, Deadline says that if the rumored deal between Paramount and Netflix is inked, we should see the new Cloverfield film arriving sooner than April 20th. 
They said Paramount had the film dated for April 20th, but I've heard that Netflix might debut it on the streaming service more quickly than that. So kind of interesting. Um, I am. A, are you a fan of the Cloverfield movie? Yeah. The original one? Yes. I like the original. I love the fucking advertising and everything they did for it that. Awesome. It was like it reminded me of kind of like what they did with the Blair Witch a little bit. They kind of like made you take you down this rabbit hole and shit, like trying to figure out what the fuck the movie was going to be about. That yeah, was awesome. We all kind of figured it was a monster movie because of the fucking statue and everything. But the second one, Cloverfield Lane, did you like that one? Um, I don't think we've watched it yet. Oh, dude. We keep meeting to watch it, but we haven't. It's like two movies in one. Mm-hmm. I wish it was longer. That's all I'll say. I don't want to ruin it for you. I know. I'm like, they made John Goodman a bad guy. He's really good in it, but there is like a really fucking cheesy, 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 cheese dick scene in that movie. But <laughs> um, but it says the Cloverfield universe surprise dropping on Netflix is no doubt an exciting one. So we'll be looking forward to see if they're going to be doing anything with it. I'm hoping they will. Apparently, the new film produced by J.J. Abrams says a team of astronauts making a shocking discovery and end up fighting for survival. Whatever the fuck that means. Aliens. So what do they go to the dark side of the moon and some <laughs> shit fucking happens? Like, that's what I think. Like, I feel like that that's really close to home. Literally. Well, maybe not literally. <laughs> Closest floating celestial object, I guess. I don't know, fucking know. Planet. <laughs> It's not a planet, though. It's just a moon. but moon planet. And this is something you might be interested in that you might... I don't know. I think you're a fan. I'm pretty sure. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, finally coming to Blu-ray thanks to Arrow. Yay. So we'll be seeing a fully beautiful version of Elvira and all of her... I love her. ...business. She's a fucking dork. (laughs) Yes, and then that movie in particular, yeah. She's just great. Um, so that's going to be coming out on Arrow. Arrow's been kind of knocking them out of the park, uh, lately. And, uh, so they're, they're doing quite a lot. There's quite a few other releases that they're going to be doing. Um, they're also going to be bringing 12 Monkeys. Um, looks like one of the big ones that I saw was the Deep Red. Oh, yeah. That's coming out. I saw you post that today. Super, dude, there's so many versions of it. Like, they have a two-disc limited edition that has basically the original soundtrack in, like, lossless DTS HD, uh, the original surround sound remix of the Italian soundtrack, the original English soundtrack and lossless DTS HA, English subtitles for the Italian soundtrack, Optional English subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing, of course. Six postcard-sized lobby cards reproductions. Reversible fold-out poster featuring two original artworks. Reversible sleeve. Limited edition booklet featuring a new writing of the film by Mikkel J. Coven, author of La Dolce Morte, a vernacular cinema, and Italian giallo film. So, but here they have the original version on disc one. And then they have the export version for the limited edition exclusive. And that'll have a brand new restoration from a 4K scan of the original negative. So the first one will have all the like extra goodies on it, like the introduction by Claudio Simonetti. Um, There's just a ton of shit in here. And if you haven't seen this movie, I think I honestly think it's one of the better Giallo movies it's not like from beyond or suspiria necessarily but the soundtrack's pretty cool and the fucking uh i don't know it's not as gory yeah you know but it is it is a good movie i think 
So if you guys are excited about that, I'm excited for you because I can't fucking buy it. <laughs> um, but I can't buy everything, Alex. Just remember. But uh, you can't buy it all. Yeah, I can't. Uh, but guys, other than that, that's it for the news. <laughs> I think what we should do is just jump right into the new Ghosts, Legends, or Crime. For over 500 years, one story has scared the children and adults of the Hispanic community all over the world. This story is that of the Weeping Woman, better known as La Llorona. While the legend of the Weeping Woman is predominantly a Mexican tale, it has found its way into many other countries and many varying versions of this dark, scary tale. It spawned many books, movies, songs, audio and video evidence over many years. And today, we'll be taking a look at this ghost legend. But be warned, once you hear of this tale, you may just hear the cries of La Llorona. As I mentioned, there are a lot of different stories about La Llorona, and everyone seems to have their own version. So I think we should probably just kick it off with one of them. Brittany's going to tell hers next, but uh, the one that I found was pretty intriguing, and I uh, kind of changed it up a little bit to add my own personal flair to it to make it cohesive for you guys. But apparently a long time ago in a village in Mexico lived a very young woman named Maria. And she came from a very poor family. Maria was known throughout the village for her beauty. And everyone loved her beauty there. But she apparently, in some of the stories, would not have anything to do with the local boys. So, one day, a wealthy man was riding through the village and saw Maria and was immediately smitten by her. And he knew that he had to win her hand in marriage. So, he asked Maria... And Maria was so charmed by this man that she accepted his proposal right away. And her family was, of course, very thrilled about this because he was such a wealthy man. But the wealthy man's super dickhead dad didn't really like that she was poor. And he wanted her marry into wealth. So... The man built Maria a house in the village where they could be together without his father's knowledge. And she eventually gave birth to two twin boys. And the man would travel a lot, so he would leave her and the kids in the house with the boys all the time. 
So at first he would like bring gifts all the time uh, for with each of his trips and was a, a super devoted husband. But every time he left and came back, he eventually grew a little bit colder and a little bit more distant from Maria to the point where he would only give the boys attention. So Maria began to kind of wonder and suspect that he was falling out of love with her since he was getting older and she was not as beautiful as she used to be years before. When he finally stopped returning home, Maria was super devastated by this because she really did love the guy. And rumors began to spread around the village that Maria's reputation was tainted even more. They were like, some stories tell of them uh, calling her a whore and like all this other stuff because she wasn't really married or she was like hidden. I don't know. But years went by and one day Maria was walking with her young children along the riverside when a, a familiar carriage pulled up beside them with a couple inside. And lo and behold, it was her husband who was sitting next to a beautiful young woman wearing very expensive clothing and looked really beautiful too. And the man greeted the children and made it very obvious that he was intentionally ignoring Maria. Then it became clear to her that the reason why he left to begin with was because he had found a younger, healthier, rich woman that his father would be proud of. And so they rode away, leaving Maria in complete shock. And she was so upset about this because she couldn't understand how he could disrespect her and the kids like this in a way. She was so angry, so humiliated and so broken all at once that without even thinking, she just threw her kids in the raging water. And it wasn't until her walking out of anger down the river that she realized that she had actually what she'd actually done to her kids. She became so distraught, she threw herself into the river, too, in hopes that she could be reunited with them in the afterlife. But that was not the case because she had committed the ultimate sin of murder and then, of course, suicide. She was forced to roam the earth between the physical and the spiritual worlds forever looking for her children. Lal Yarona, the weeping woman, to this day, people claim to see her by the river at night. And we're not just talking about any river, we're talking about any body of water, period. And they say that you can hear her cries as a warning for you to run far away if she approaches, for she will bring you horrible misfortune possibly kill you and any children that might hear her need to get the fuck away as soon as possible because La Llorona will sometimes mistake the children as her own and when she realizes that they're not her children she may kill them as well and throw them into the river but be wary of the woeful <laughs> cries of La Llorona she's gonna drown your kids yeah she's gonna drown your she's kids drown your motherfuckers kids. <laughs> But it's interesting, like, I thought that was a, that's a pretty cool kind of, like, legend. Yeah. Urban legend, I guess. Whatever you want to call it. It's a legend, right? To me, it's like, it's, yeah, I don't, I guess urban legend is probably the technical term right. for it, but it's just a legendary ghost story. Right. Essentially. Like, my version isn't much different than yours. Yeah, most of them are very similar, similar, but one of them has, like, her stabbing. That's mine. Yeah, yeah see, that's well, the one. Well, not her kids. She stabs herself, but. She, oh, really? Well, yeah. there's one that she stabs him. 
Oh yeah, I saw that right. one too. But <laughs> mine's similar, but it's it's a little different because yours is where she's like the miss. She's the mistress in the situation. They never get married, but in in my version of the story that I have is where they get married and they move together to a different area called Messiah. Okay. And um, basically, what ends up happening from that was. His father obviously didn't approve because it was frowned upon to marry somebody in a lesser class than right. you. But they still were married. But part of the reason why people felt felt like they moved away is so he could be away from his father and not having to deal with, you know, him f- <laughs> being upset with him over it all the time. Right. But regardless of them being married and moving away over the years, um, you know, she gave him children and... As time passed by, he became less and less interested and would spend more and more time away um, from her, whether it was running a ranch or shipping goods along the Camino Real, whatever he was doing. And um, so he started to develop little interest in her and the children. She honestly suspected that he was frequenting company of other women during his travels. And sure, he probably was gone. even when he was in love with her. Who knows? I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> so and then Son of a the bitch. same kind of story, or one day. Um, she's walking along the street with her kids and then the husband's buggy approaches and inside's another young, beautiful woman with him. Like a VW bug? Yeah, buggy. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Punch buggy. Yeah. Um, and then so he passes her and the children and pretends not to notice. So the same story. But in a fit of jealous rage, she thinks to herself, if only I didn't have these children anymore, my husband would still love me and right. want to be with me. So then she drowns her kids in the river, holds their heads underwater until they die. Cuts their throats or something? She doesn't slit their throats. She just holds them underwater until they stop breathing. Well, some of the some of the like depictions I've versions. seen of her yeah. have, have her holding a knife. Uh, there's even a GTA, Grand Theft Auto yeah. 5 video game where they do a... Um, like a mod where she's like laying by the water and you can go find her mm-hmm. and she turns into smoke and chases you with a knife. So yeah. it's interesting. I And I feel like the, what it's the character called in uh, Left for Dead, the witch. Oh, yeah. The cr- yeah, you might be right. The witch is, just, to me, that's lie. Totally like, makes sense. Super, yeah. Good like, call. Good very, call. Very, man. Re- like, it reminds me so much of that. Was it Left for Dead 2? She's in I think it was in Left 4 Dead too. Versions. Is it? Yeah. The witch is in like every yeah, version I think of that game. That's the one that you like, as soon as you hear her, you got to get the fuck away from her yeah, because... She'll fucking attack you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's her, hard to kill her. Well, it's super hard to kill her. It's hard to kill her even... Well, even if you're at a good distance, the second... You better fucking shoot her ass and yeah. get her in the head or She's in a fast. really good spot because as soon as you get her attention, whether it's you shoot her or you get too close to her, she will chase after you. And her screams and cries are deafening. So right. then that kind of debilitates you. So it's harder for you to get off and like actually like kill her. But where my story, another part that differs a little bit is that she goes to her husband afterwards and confesses that she did, you know, that she killed the children. Oh, um, yeah. Then what she did. So she in order to please him, why she did it. But he's obviously completely horrified and orders her out of his life and doesn't want anything to do with her. So then. um. She returns back to the, you know, to the river and roams the streets in Messiah for a long time, basically calling out and crying for her children. And then when she realizes that she's lost everything, you know, in her life, she has nothing left is when she drives a dagger into her chest and then she falls dead into the river. So the people in in Messiah found her body and buried her in the town cemetery, which is why it's so notably known for being haunted. Um, Yeah. And there's other different versions, too, of like why she is 
doomed to roam the, the earth, essentially, wailing and crying because she can't enter heaven until she has her children's souls. Right. Yeah, they won't or let she, her in. Yeah. She has to have enough souls to account for the killing of innocent children in order for her to actually enter heaven. So that's kind of part of goes with part of the folklore of why parents tell the story to their kids to try and scare them and make sure that they don't right. go out yeah, alone I was thinking about that too, yeah. at night is because obviously if, if you have, you know, twins or three kids or whatever and you, they're like, oh, we're going to go and fucking play by the river in the middle of the night or whatever. Drowned or fucking. They're going to tell this story because they don't, you know, like, well, she's all she needs is enough souls to account for the kids she murdered and then she can go back to heaven. She can go to heaven. And so that's when they go to play in like rundown hospitals and things <laughs> like that, you know. Instead of rivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, safer places like that. That's when they go get tetanus. Right. <laughs> Whatever uh, those kids do these days. Eat Tide Pods. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, Morons. They <laughs> no, they know that. Now they dab and uh, uh, vape Tide Pods. Oh, so Maybe they need to make up a legend about the Tide Pod monster they or something. Will. Don't even. Like, if you suck on a Tide Pod. Give it time. Give it, like, a week. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure whoever did the fucking, like, Slender Man's gonna jump right on that shit. Well, no, because, like, these kids, like, I mean, it's like adults now. That's how scary it is. But anyway. Idiots. <laughs> um, a lot of people believe that the, the legend derives from the Aztec goddess Chicacoeltel. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. It means the serpent woman. woman. Uh, Aztec goddess of motherhood, midwives, and fertility. There's also one of the ones that that a lot of people seem to unify around is the one I think that you're kind of telling, uh, which is based. I don't the the story of her killing her kids and stuff like that. I heard is not true, but she lost her kids or something like that. At very least, it, this one's agreed upon by the majority of people. Uh, the in history, La Malinche, uh, also known as Malinali Mari, Marina, or even Malinzin which referred and referenced both Cortez and La Malenche together as one, was one of 20 slaves given to conquer Hernan Cortez and other Spaniards in 1519. So somehow some of the dates are a little off and some of the people's stories are a little different because of that. So they're not really sure if that's the one. But La Malenche and Cortez relationships struck up almost right from the start she acted as his interpreter to the other people of the Tabasco area as she spoke both Mayan and Nahuatl, as well as the political advisor. So she was like multilingual. She was really helpful. Uh, it's true that she gave birth to one of Cortez's sons, who was reportedly the first mestizo or the people of mixed European and indigenous American heritage. But it is unlikely that uh, Malinche drowned her child. They say that's what She's I was talking like about. The Sacagawea of their era. I guess so. Like she was like you know the liaison between all these people. Badass bitch. Right. She was like an ambassador. Like every other woman in history that <laughs> no one gives enough credit to. <laughs> she uh, helped him stave off a rebellion in Honduras, which it's called Honduras now. Mm-hmm. As well as set up a current day Mexico City, she was married off to Juan Yaramillo, a Spanish Hidalgo. With him, she gave birth to a daughter, and historians generally agree that they do not know what happened to La Malenche after this. It's thought that she may have died in 1529, just 10 years after the conquest of Mexico. So, But it says her son, Don Martin did return to Spain with his father, Cortes, where he was raised by his Spanish family. As for Donna Maria, the La Malenche's daughter, 
she was raised by her father and his second wife, Donna Beatrice de Andrada. So, but it says today in Mexico, La Malenche is seen as the being the mythical archetype of all Mexican women, brave and courageous, knowledgeable and motherly. In 1901, she appeared on five peso banknotes, which had been issued by the Banco de Tabasco um, in the 1960s. Poet Rosario Castellanos made La Malinche the center of a poem as well, in which she was depicted not as a traitor among her people, but a victim. But, you know, modern culture has also associated this historic figure with La Llorona, the weeping woman who not only lost her children, but also killed them. So, as we've already mentioned. So, now you said that you had, there was actually a real story about some sort of case not too long ago, and I believe you're talking about the one in 1980s? Well, I have a couple, actually. Oh, okay. So now there are some actual real-life versions of La Llorona, and some of these people have done this because of La Llorona, and some of them have done it just on their own accord. Yeah, it's just kind of similar. Yeah, it's interesting, though, nonetheless. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off with the one from, when was it? Uh, 1997. It's vastly different as far as what occurred. She didn't drown her kids. Well, eh, necessarily drown her kids, but it's about Christina Riggs. She was a divorced single mom of two children, and she worked as a nurse in Sherwood, Arkansas. On the evening of November 4th of 1997, she gave her two children Elevil, which is an antidepressant drug that induces pretty much severe drowsiness. Okay. um, And then put them to bed. Once asleep, she injected her five-year-old son, Justin, with potassium chloride. Holy shit. Which is the heart-stopping medication yeah. that's used in um, executions. Yeah. To, you know, to kill death row inmates and things of that nature in the humane way. <laughs> yeah, that's real humane. However, Justin woke up and cried out in complete and utter terror because this med- medicine is burning throughout his body. And so she grabbed a pillow and finished him off by smothering him to death. Oh, my God. That's horrible. She then smothered her other son, the two-year-old, Shelby, and placed the two dead children on the bed and covered them with a blanket. She herself then swallowed 28 tablets of Elevil and injected herself with potassium chloride. Oh, my God. And hopes God. to kill herself, obviously. Fuck the balls right. on this lady, dude. Like, what the yeah. fuck? I completely agree. It's ridiculous. But the next morning, their bodies were found by police, along with a suicide note from her that read, in part, I hope one day you will forgive me for taking my life and the life of my children. I couldn't bear to leave my children behind and live knowing their mother killed herself. So basically, she just took them out because she didn't want to live anymore. Which is fucked up. That is fucked up. Um, But medical personnel at the scene noticed that she still had a very weak heartbeat and rushed her to the hospital and she miraculously fucking survived. Holy So it's like, holy karma, you stupid bitch. A botched suicide, (laughs) too. That's like the worst. It's fucking excellent. I'm sorry, but I love it. I love that she fucking survived. I'm like, ha She's got to deal with that. Got to deal with it. So her two children obviously were pronounced dead at the scene by the coroner and they weren't able to be revived. She stood trial for the... um, for the death of her children, and the jury deliberated for less than an hour before they re- returned with the guilty verdict, obviously, for her. Right, yeah. And she actually requested the death sentence so she could be with her children. Yeah. Um, and her wish was granted. Like, they were like, all right. You cool. Want the death you, penalty, you get it. You ready to ride the uh, chloro, whatever it's called? The chlorophyll, so. more like borophyll. <laughs> yeah, what was uh, it? Potassium chloride. Yeah, potassium chloride. You ready, you ready to, to ride the potassium chloride ride? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the potassium chloride. Oh, Get my it? God, oh perfect. my god, that's horrible. Um, so <laughs> Christina Riggs was actually executed by lethal injection of potassium chloride on May second of two thousand. Damn. Um, but the wow. Story earned, so second time, dude. Second time, and she actually dead now. Um, but it, it earned national attention at the time, not only because she cruelly killed her two children. But there was a lot of objections from all these different right activist groups that were protesting the execution of women at the time. And oh. the governor of Arkansas at the time was Mike Huckabee. And he, like, refused to intervene with the whole process of it. So this is, yeah, she actually was the first woman to be put to death in Arkansas in 150 years. Jesus. Isn't that fucking crazy? So they said some people have claimed, however, that Riggs's spirit is sometimes seen and heard roaming the halls of the Cummins State Penitentiary in Arkansas calling for her children an eerie likeness to La Llorona in spite of the fact that this famous legend is not well known outside of the southwest in California. Well, if you think about it in the religious aspect of it, she wouldn't be going to the same place her kids went anyway. For sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she'd be, that would be her hell is to put her, her uh, yeah, she can never find them again. Yeah, she's stuck in this infinite loop of where she died in this horrible fucking prison and she can't ever get to her children again. Right. Never. She's stuck there. She can't leave. So it makes perfect sense. And it's a crazy story and yeah. super interesting. So and and in like they reference in this, it's this isn't a very well known urban legend outside of our side of the United States. No, it really isn't. Yeah. So out in fucking Arkansas for this kind of thing to be happening, it's someone out there who heard the tale that was familiar with La Llorona that's made well, the connection, which is why Oh it's yeah, that's true. Because this but is yeah, mostly it is, like Texas. It, it's and, huge in like Texas here. and fucking Mexico. <laughs> and, and Arizona. Is Texas, it? Texas, Mexico, and Arizona. Like because I've, we all kind of are I've heard similar. the name, but I never really understood like until I think it was the, the reason I know about it before. And by the way, I got to give huge props to both uh, Esmeralda and her brother Albert uh, for fucking being badasses and helping hook us up with some information and stuff about this and kind of asking us and leading us in the direction of this uh, this legend. But before they told me about it, I had heard about this because I remember in 2012, the Halloween Horror Nights did a La Llorona fucking haunted ride and it had this witch looking thing sucking a girl into its mouth like the fucking Freddy uh, worm but she had these huge arms and you you might see like the gif out there every now and then and mm-hmm. everybody's like what the fuck and is that's, that that's what movie is that in most recently where they use that they have oh that's what that gift's from is it too. it's not the poughkeepsie tapes right no no not the poughkeepsie tapes i can't i can't even think of it and i know i oh it's the haunting of deborah logan oh the old lady one yeah like it's in like the cave or whatever no it's a different one because this is specifically, eerily, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, this like is specifically similar. from the Halloween Horror Nights, 100. Okay. Yeah, this one. Like they similar. have a girl on a bed who's an actress screaming while these this mm. gigantic fucking witch looking thing with long hair. Yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong is thing. Is sucking her head like sucking the girl's feet in. Yeah, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. You're right. That's where I first heard of it because I had not heard of it before then, but I'd yeah. I'd seen that gif around and I was like, God damn, what the fuck is that? But um. And I'll try to like put that up when we uh, we we do the when we put we post this episode this week. I will try to put it up for you guys. It's the taking of Deborah Logan. The the taking of Deborah Logan. That was actually not a bad movie. This one. This is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Bink. Yes, I remember that. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. It's in black and white. Yeah. yeah, That gif is creepy as fuck. (laughs) It is. I was like, I was like, man, somebody needs to make a movie. Well. 
turns out there's a lot of them. We'll get into that in a little bit. First of all, I'm going to go over one of my stories that I found about. Uh, this one happened in 1986 in uh, Buffalo Bayou surrounding the San Antonio region. It's a, a murder that took place there. Uh, so apparently after years of suffering the abuse of, at, the, at the hands of her husband, Juana Marie Leah refused to deal with it any longer. And one morning she brought her seven children down to the dark, murky waters of Buffalo Bayou. There's not a lot of information if the children fought against her, but Juana went way too far. She saw no other option than taking the life of her children. She threw six of her seven children into the river. Two of her children, Juana and Judas Dimas, did not make it. The rest were saved by rescuers who were called to the scene. As can be expected, Juana protested her innocence by claiming that she had no choice. Her husband was violently aggressive to her and the children. The court ruled that Juana would receive 10 years of probation because of the deaths of her children and the attempt to drown her own her other children. But there was one thing that struck the police officers super strange when they asked Juana why she had committed such heinous crimes to her children. She claimed it was to escape her husband. There was also the other reason, however, which was she claimed to be La Llorona herself. Yeah, I had that story originally. Had she been (laughs) temporarily possessed by the spirit of La Llorona and caused this? Or was she just using this as an excuse for her troubled life? Right. I mean, right. (laughs) I wasn't there to be able to say... It's tragic nonetheless that two kids died out of the situation. At least it wasn't all of them. And I wonder, oh, she probably must have, when she was throwing the other kids in, she probably got caught at that. Probably. When she was at the point of doing the seventh kid. I would have, yeah. It's interesting. Well, if they had rescuers there like to, in order to save all but two, then I would assume so. Well, I mean, this tale goes back 500 years. Yeah. So, I mean, like this has been told for a long time. And, of course... You know, she's silly old gringo Alex over here (laughs) (laughs) is just finding out about it today. I don't know. I was watching a lot of people telling the story of their version because it's a a bedtime story uh, that a lot of parents would tell their kids like a kind of a ghost story, the bedtime story. Mm -hmm. Just like you would, you know, do the Hansel and Gretel story. You know what I mean? It's the same fucking kind of thing. Great bedtime material. Yeah. Perfect to go to sleep. Yeah fucking parents well it's to ingrain it into their mind to not go out into the fucking waterways right like you said <laughs> so <laughs> pretty much now there are kinds of uh i, I first of all i want to mention that that probation for 10 years that's Fuck it that i know I was so maybe so mad like i originally had that tale that same story too, right and i was like no fuck this like and then i found the other ones that i that i used instead but Ten, yeah, 10 years of probation, not even right. in jail. It's just 10 years of probation. Not even a psych ward or just anything. fucked up. Like, that's fucked up. I mean, I, don't I understand it's is. like a fight or flight thing, but that's not a flight type of situation. No. You don't throw your kids. If I was on that fucking jury, like, if, the, if it even went to a jury that decided to give her 10 years of probation, which I doubt it. Well, and then on top but... of it, she's saying that she's La Llorona. Like, there's mm-hmm. probably something a little wrong. She's batshit. Yeah. Like 10 years of fucking probation. She like, probably needs medical like medi- help, she, like mental well, health. That's one of the last things that 
you know, everybody gives a fuck about is mental health and the state of mental health in the United States. So yeah, well, that's true. No one cares. It's one of the most Well, if it doesn't make money, then they ain't doing it. That's exactly. pretty much how it works. It's one of the most underfunded things like, yeah. next to public schools. So, yeah. fuck our lives. Which, <laughs> which is so funny because we, like, overfund fucking war and yeah. then and then we don't take care of our vets, nope. which is like, fuck you. It's fucked up. It's a big so. fucking slap in the face. I um, know. I have one more similar story that I can go over pretty quickly. For this okay, one, go which ahead. was a more recent situation. Um, in On October 2nd of 2002, the Bureau of Land Management employees found an abandoned car in the Rio Grande Gorge near the town of Pilar, south of Taos. Nearby, they discovered the body of a woman face down in the river, apparently a self-inflicted drowning, which is obviously extremely difficult to do, <laughs> to yeah. drown yourself. Um, state police identified the woman as 32-year-old Bernadette Flores. When they notified the mother of Bernadette's apparent suicide, uh, meaning her mom, um, she inquired where her two grandchildren were because Flores had recently been divorced and was despondent over the inability to care for her two children. So they checked with other family members and friends of Flores's, and the two children could not be located. State police returned to the scene with a search and rescue team, when further down the river, they discovered the bodies of two young children at the riverbank. So family members identified the bodies as Flores's 10-month-old son, Martin, or it was probably Martin, and four-year-old daughter, Kiana. State Police Lieutenant Rob Schilling told the news media that there was no indication that anyone other than the mother and the children were involved in this incident. The office of um, the medical investigator did agree, and it ended up surmising that Bernadette Flores drowned her two children in the Rio Grande. Drugs in her system indicated she was highly sedated, which allowed her to drown herself in the river afterwards. And um, family members, knowing of Flores's distraught state, agreed with the findings of police and the medical examiner. And Flores and her two children were buried um, at the Indian Reservation there in this old Hispanic community of Pilar, which sits on a super fertile valley um, along the Rio Grande on the river. Oh, so, so it's like right next to where they did it, where it happened? They base yeah, so they are like well versed in the the lore of La Llorona. So to them, they viewed this as she struck again. Right. Mainly like basically feeling like she kind of possessed her. So that's what spirit. happens to the adults. Right. Huh. So if they kind of took it as like she was possessed by the spirit or the ghost of La Llorona and took over and took out her kids and herself. Because it's so eerily similar to the actual right. story behind it. But. Now, I did some searching online and, uh, you know, there is, you know, this is like a ghost tale paranormal thing. And there have been reports of like, and you can look up these videos and I'll post a few in the uh, information of this episode on our webpage. So if you want to check out some of these videos, I'll, I'll link them in there and maybe just like embed them in the uh, actual um, posts so you can check them out but I highly recommend you check them out okay uh, some of these are really fucking creepy guys like did you get to see any of these like okay Mm-mm. so I watched a, a, quite a few and most of this is in Spanish by the way so I had a little I could understand a little bit of what the way we're saying like because I know certain words like I just yeah. I don't know how I know, I know but I, I just remember. do I just remember from school yeah exactly like it's just like engraved into my brain ingrained whatever yeah, these are sightings of La Llorona. They have several. Usually, by the way, guys, most of the people that uh, talk about La Llorona, usually they see her at night, much like the Mothman or other tales. You know, uh, people have heard the music or piano of the song La Llorona, 
which we sort of played in the beginning of this, but the piano is very similar to that. And I watched like two or three different videos of that. They heard it and they were opening the thing and they saw like a shadow and stuff like moving around the room. If like you like watch the video slow, you can kind of see it. Hmm. And it's kind of freaky. Like that's one thing. The one that probably the ones that scare me the most and make me a little like, you see, there is so many videos of a woman moaning and crying in the background, just screaming, looking for her kids, essentially. And if you hear it, you're just going to be like, uh, and like, it just sets off all the dogs anywhere, anywhere. Like like this one kid's like, yeah, he's just like, check this out. He's like, listen to this. And it's like loud as fuck. Fuck, dude. Then there's some other questionable videos that I see of people with like white sheets on walking through the street. You know what I mean? They don't look like transparent or anything. It almost looks like just someone dressed up walking around like kind of weird, you know? And then there's one where this lady's like walking up to this camera like really slowly and people freak out and it cuts at the end like people ran away. <laughs> um, Bye. <laughs> Sorry. But there was one that they had where there was like, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a ghost or a shadow. There's like one in the middle of the street where cars are passing through her body. Uh, I don't know. That could be a camera trick or something like that. You know, um, I'm not trying to downplay it, but I was a little skeptical about some of the footage I did see. You know, if you go down the YouTube rabbit hole for this kind of stuff, you're bound to find a lot of fake stuff, guys. Yeah. Like people that want it to be real. Uh, but some of them were really freaky. Um Sometimes, mostly it's like the full apparition. Like it's not, looks like physical, like a person that I have probably the hardest time with. Uh, But you never know. Like there's like people that are in a park. They go up to this girl and they, they see her there and they just like run because they're like, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, granted, I mean, if I saw that shit too, I'd probably be like, yeah, fuck that. Mm -hmm. I'm out. People are pretty savvy these days with technology people are incredibly savvy these days so easy to fucking fudge something right it's ridiculous now there is um one person that uh is one of our listeners esmeralda's brother albert garcia what up but he was nice enough to send me his he wrote a like a paper about this of an account that he had with la llorona and uh, I thought I could kind of maybe paraphrase or read some parts of it. If you don't, I hope he doesn't mind. I think it's kind of interesting to get a different perspective from somebody uh, that I probably trust a lot more than the Internet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thanks, man, for sending this first off. It's called My Encounter with La Llorona by Albert Garcia. On Halloween, everyone is entitled to a good scare. It is the one night of the year that we can pretend to be someone else. Watch all the horror movies we can, or just sit around telling ghost stories. In the spirit of Halloween, I would like to share with you a rather frightening, but most of all, 100% true experience that I had with one of the most heard of Hispanic paranormal entities known as La Llorona. My family has deep Hispanic Mexican roots. My father was born in Mexico, Rancho in Tapatonga, Zacatecas, called El Cuidado. He would talk to my sister and I about life in the ranch, and since my sister and I loved to celebrate Halloween on October nights when we'd get tucked into bed, my father always had a cuento to tell us from the rancho. These were not your typical feel-good, happily-ever-after-bedtime stories. These were cautionary tales, 
Like, don't stay up past your bedtime, for if you do, when you step off from your bed, la mano panchonsa, the fuzzy hand, will grab you and pull you under the bed. Fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, that ain't no fucking joke, Albert. Goddamn, Esmeralda. Some serious shit right there. Uh, <laughs> as silly as it sounds, as a seven-year-old kid, stories like this really stick with you and make you think twice about staying up past your bedtime. It wasn't until I was 15 years old that my father sent me on a summer trip to visit El Cuidado with a few of my uncles and cousins who had planned a trip to the ranch. I was initially excited to visit the place where my dad was raised and just excited to embrace the lifestyle and true Mexican country culture. There, I met Tio Fendencio, my father's most elderly uncle, who at the time was 92 years old. Tio was the one my father mentioned who knew all sorts of stories and legends, so I was eager to hear him recount some of them. The first evening we were there, my cousins and I gathered around Tio and sat down on a bench outside of the front porch, and we all sat in a circle around him. He started with his stories, told us of stories about people he had met, places where he had worked, and things that he had seen. The last story he decided to tell that night was none other than the legend of La Llorona. I told him, rather obnoxiously, that I had heard the story many times and that it was not true and nothing but an old Mexican legend. A crazy lady dressed in white drowns her kids in a river and then cries about it every night screaming, Ay, mis hijos, oh my children. That is what you heard back home, he said. Around here, La Llorona is all the women who became widows after their husbands left them to go to work in the United States. Their husbands never returned. Some of them have been waiting for more than 50 years for their beloved's return. So they take to the streets at the stroke of midnight, and the entire ranch is engulfed with a high-pitched wail that can be heard from a mile away. Look, here comes one now, he said. Tio points his finger out towards the end of the street, and as my cousins and I direct our attention to what Tio is pointing out, we see a woman dressed in black with a veil covering her face. She appears to be walking with a limp. And she makes her way down the street and passes right in front of Tio. My cousins and me sitting on the porch, just as she's aligned with Tio's house, she lets out the most blood-curdling, disturbing, and frightening wail I had ever heard in my life. It was more like a sorrowful shriek that could possibly come from any man or a woman's vocal cords. My cousins and I jumped up from the porch and ran inside the house. My youngest cousin began to cry, and I asked Tia, Tio's wife, what that really was that I just experienced. In the most casual and reassuring tone of voice, Tia Maria responded, Ay, mio, that's only La Llorona. You will hear them sometimes during the night. Don't be scared. They're just lost souls looking for lost love. In a way, I never truly wanted to believe what I experienced that night at the ranch. I'd always heard similar stories being told back here at home, but there's something about Tio Fidencio's and Tia Maria's way of casually accepting such paranormal occurrences that makes the experience somewhat more real and credible. I always remember this experience around Halloween time simply because it prepares me for the jolly good scares 
that come with every Halloween, and having gone through such a creepy experience, whatever haunted house attraction that comes to town or quote-unquote scary story that I hear never really tops my true encounter with La Llorona. That's awesome. It's fucking great. That's a great story. That would trip me the fuck out too, man. Like, hell yeah. Thanks for sharing that with me, Albert. Fuck yeah, dude. Dude, you guys, like, really well written. so was Esmeralda with you on this adventure, too? Because that's some crazy <laughs> shit. I would be freaking out myself. For real. Yeah, it's like, you think about it. It's like I, I said right before we even read the story, and I did not read this story, by the way, until we did this, because I thought it'd be kind of interesting to bring it up. They feel like full body ma- uh, manifestations of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. And just somebody walking down the street, screaming out some blood-curdling scream like that in the background like this. We have a lot of crackheads in Phoenix, so <laughs> that's legit. <laughs> but <laughs> I've come across a lot of random people screaming. I don't in know. The if it's, the street, is it really but... crack though? Because that's not a thing here out here. It's more meth out here. It's crack, too. dude. There's no crack <laughs> out here. There fucking is. <laughs> I've looked for it. And downtown Phoenix, <laughs> there is fucking crack. <laughs> like, they're crack. They're crack to be had. But I don't know if that was a crackhead by them. No. It's an interesting story. No, no, no. I'm talking about here. What are you trying to say? I mean, that no. they're all crackheads? There's just a just surplus of crackheads? Everybody's a fucking crackhead. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it, no. There's I would a not surplus be... of crackheads. <laughs> too many crackheads. <laughs> too, too, too many cracks. Too many cracks. There's Sorry. too many motherfucking crackheads in this motherfucker. I don't know. That, that didn't go the way I wanted to. Yeah, it to, did not. I, it's because we were singing Kit Kat Bar. It and then it, and it was hate, supposed to be I something else. I fucking give me a break song so much. Seriously, Albert, thank you so much for sharing that, dude. That fucking awesome, awesome crazy. story, man. And you read it really well. I felt like I really got into it. And it I was, literally, that was the first time I read it. So it was really good to read. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It was well written. It was very well written. And I enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening and participating and helping us come up with ideas. We greatly appreciate you. Seriously. Yep. So you had another story. I do. I have a cool story titled A Bizarre Coincidence of La Llorona, which was submitted by Tanya Appelar in November of 2005. Okay. Please tell. When I was in the seventh grade, I had a frightening dream. I saw myself standing on a dark road with only illumination coming from a dim streetlight. The ground was wet, and in the distance I could hear the sound of rain falling and the tap, tap, tapping of footsteps coming towards me. Peering into the darkness, I could make out a woman, dressed in all black with a dark, lacy veil covering her face, moving quickly towards me. Strangely, as the mysterious woman grew closer, so did the rain. When the woman was about 15 feet in front of me, she looked over my shoulder. When I turned around to see what she was looking at, I saw a young child dressed in a white nightgown playing with a doll in the middle of a puddle of water. When I turned back to her, she was right in front of me. The veil was lifted, her eyes were abnormally wide, and her face was no more than three inches away from mine. Her terrifying eyes stared into mine dead on until I awoke in a panic. I looked towards the window, and it was raining. As you can imagine, I didn't sleep for the rest of the night. The next day, I shook off the dream and thought nothing more about it until a year later. On that night, one year later, I was spending the night with my friend, whose name was Veronica, who had also invited another friend of ours named Sarah. In the course of the evening, Sarah, who was Hispanic, began to tell us of the legend and ghost stories of the Mexican culture. When she began to tell the tale of La Llorona, I didn't think anything of it at first, but then she began to tell of how the legendary spirit travels by water, dressed all in black or white, and is almost always seen wearing a veil. 
Sarah continued by telling us that La Llorona lifts her veil only to victims that in her afterlife she has chosen to help her find the bones of her lost children. Now I constantly wonder if, in my afterlife, I will be forced to help her find the bones of her lost children. Like she's grabbing all these people to help her? And I'm like, God damn! Yeah, <laughs> like, like what the fuck? Can you imagine that shit? And this is a woman who lived, it's, she lives in Eureka, California, so obviously she knows nothing of this tale. Like, she's not familiar with the story at all, which is why she doesn't think anything of it at first until a year later when she's introduced to the story of La Llorona. Right, it, like, clicks. And she's like, holy fuck. You know, like, as she tells this story, like, the longer it goes, she's like, click, okay, this is making sense. Why is this familiar? And it starts to get uncomfortable. Well, maybe her... We've all kind of had those instances, you know? If we want to kind of... uh you know, like I'm a little bit of a skeptical individual for the most part. I try right, to find yeah. a rational explanation for whatever it is. And usually those are the people that fall the hardest when something you cannot explain happen. You know, they when it when it finally kicks in, they drop like a sack yeah. of fucking <laughs> potatoes. But no, um, I don't know, man. Like what if uh, I don't know, like maybe her spirit is so strong that because of the the torment that she put herself into and the guilt and the yeah. sadness and everything all at that one moment maybe she is be able able to make a full body apparition but that's some powerful shit if that she is powerful is. shit some powerful shit <laughs> it's like i completely understand like people in a dream sense like having her come to them but like in real right. life right yeah like that makes sense you, like that's fucking that is some strong and, and who are these people walking around if it isn't you know like yeah, goddamn yo, the fuck? Like, you fucking people need to knock it off <laughs> You need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> Put your fucking bed sheet away and stop fucking with the world, all right? <laughs> um, now, to give you guys kind of an oh. idea, there are a lot of different things out there that have been sung, written, and movies about this. Um I like music that I really want to share with you guys that I can't. So I'm just going to put it in the information into separate categories so that you guys can find these stories for yourself and check them out. Um, but there are some movies and TV shows based on this legend. One of the earliest ones that people could come up with is The Crying Woman from 1933 by Ramon Pelion. Uh, which is a really weird kind of silent film, sort of. It's not silent film because it makes all these noises and stuff, but it's really weird, and it just shows this, like, ghostly lady coming up out of the ground. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's a it's a film that you can check out, and it is out there. I'm not sure exactly where. You might even be able to find it on Amazon, but it's out there. The Crying Woman from 1933. There's also, in the 60s, there was a, a movie called La Llorona from, uh, it's a Ray Cordova, it's a Mexican film. Supposedly, this was a, a film that was actually shot on location of Guadalajara, Mexico. And some of the cast members in this movie said that they saw, you know, her in the background, like crying and moaning some places, but they never actually caught anything on film that they could use or anything like that. Right. So, but an interesting, a little bit of history, and it's a different story than a little bit than the La Llorona. It's like different character names and stuff, but it's the same. Same thing. Um, there's also a movie that came out in 2007 called The Cry by Bernadine Santistevan. And they even have the song in the movie Coco from 2017. Oh, yeah. Where the skeletons are in the movie. And she sings it on stage with somebody else. Huh. 
So I thought that was kind of interesting, but I mean, we're talking about like Dio de los Muertos, like mm-hmm. style fucking skeletons and shit in the mm-hmm. movie, which I heard this movie is like insanely heartbreaking. Oh, I'm sure. And it's like super good. And it didn't win awards. Bait Boss, baby, heard, won heard, awards. Like what? Our children eat Tide Pods. So <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like so you're all Grab your of, Tide Pods good and tight. You're all a bunch of fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> also, there is a new one coming out called La Llorona in 2018 by Fausto Herrera. It's kind of an independent. Uh, Fausto, what a name! Yeah, it's an independent it. film. Uh, I don't. I haven't seen any of the other movies that he's done. Um, but you know, if you guys are interested in this kind of story, there's there's these are a few of the movies that are out there. A quick search on Google for movies about La Llorona will pop up a shit ton of fucking movies yeah. though. Other than I mentioned, but these are pretty big ones. They even oh they even had um you know the show Grimm. Yeah, they had an episode. They with had her. an episode with her yeah. uh, in it, and it was like really freaky. They're like, "So we believe in ghosts now?" And he's like, "Yep, I guess we do." <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, if you heard somebody wailing in the background, moaning, screaming in the middle of the night, would you be scared? My neighborhood. When you hear <laughs> the cries and yells of a woman in the middle of the night, will you remember us <laughs> and the story of Albert? It was me. <laughs> You're like, God, I had God, some bad food. Fuck you. <laughs> Give me a cigarette. <laughs> Will you believe when you hear her? When she's on top of you <laughs> with a sheet. It's not me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, mad. I hope you guys enjoyed that, though. I hope that uh, it was a good time for you. We wanted to try something different. I really got into this. Uh, I, I I genuinely encourage you to check out the section below of all the different videos and stuff. I will do my best to kind of organize a lot of the different stories. Uh, it will take some time for me, so I will do my best to give as much as I possibly can because there is a lot. There is a rabbit hole that is so deep with La Llorona, you will fucking blow your mind. Yeah, it, um, it went deep. I had to cut myself off, like Same. because it was just too much. I was like, "This will take me like two hours or whatever." Right, like, four nope. hours later, I'm like, nope. "Fuck my life!" I spent an entire day looking this shit up, and I kept listening to the song in the background <laughs> while I was listening. And I told Esmeralda, "I was like, dude, this song's beautiful." Yeah, like it made me want to cry. Like I listened to it the whole it's like so many times, <laughs> right. like ridiculous. I'm like, I'm so engaged, but I knew I knew of this story prior to, so or this tale prior to, so yeah, I was I was interested interested to see all the different accounts because those are things that I'm not familiar with. Like true crime I'm familiar story. with the Well, no, no, no. All the true crime stories that I have that I put I knew of. Mm-hmm. But um but one of them in particular especially which we didn't talk about, but um I'm just talking about I was told this story by a Hispanic friend of mine growing up. Right. So they told me the whole tale of La Llorona and I was like, "Holy fuck." That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I mean. There was an area in California where I grew up that they. Told the story was, to. Well, there was. No, it wasn't in the area we're from. It's not a common thing. But there's an area where there's been sightings of like a crying woman in a white dress. Well, I've been hearing it a lot in Texas is a big place for that. Yeah. Like which San it's, Antonio. It's, there's different women, though, that are involved in the stories. Like they all kind of date back to the tale of Iorona, but and depending on what area you're in, it can be a different woman or a different story that ties to it. Right. Because I think the one in California is more related to a bride. Oh, uh, okay. That died on her wedding night. Um, but it's 
still somewhat familiar. Well, I also found a couple that were like loosely related with it. Like there was like Very, somebody yeah. saw like like a woman with like glowing red eyes, but they were also calling it something else, and I can't remember what it was. But yeah. it was like a horse-headed woman. Yeah, there's all different depictions. Like red eyes and shit. And it's like, I was mostly intrigued in doing this research of, of finding all the different interpretations that there are of oh my God. her story. Like, it's cra- there's some that are so good. Like, one in particular that I had that I was going to mention, but we kind of moved on from it. And I was like, well, goddamn. <laughs> well, there's so there's many. Crazy. Yeah, we would spend like eight hours trying to like sift through like five of the most common stories right. told for this legend. So, I mean... You know, we kind of went with the most commonly known. I think so, Which yeah. you and I had the same kind of story, just I had a little bit of differences in comparison sure. to yours. But obviously, this has been around for a very fucking Well, long that goes time. to show you right there that there is no one answer. Like, no. it has been changed in past, you know, stories that have been told as children, that have been told to other children, that have been told to their children, yeah. and, and so on, that it have been, it's been changed. It's an ongoing game of telephone folklore. Yeah, right? Well, which folklore essentially is. Always changes. It's how it always changes. Exactly what it is, yeah. It's like the story of Frankenstein and all that other shit about a guy who fucking shot himself up with fucking dye. Yeah. Turned into Frankenstein. It's crazy. I think. I think that was what it was. Who fucking knows? But um, that was a real story about that. Like a guy was trying to figure out how to like, you know, so it's interesting. That's fun. (laughs) But did you guys like this? I mean, would you like us to do another one in the future? I mean, it, it was a lot of work. Uh, we did do have to spend some re- real time actually doing some research and stuff. And I don't know. I wanted to do it right. So I hope we did it justice for you who were looking forward to this or had never heard of it before and maybe now are interested. So we gave you enough information and songs that you can listen to that you should yeah. check out. They can't play on the episode, but I urge you to check them out. So as much as we love Grave Pots, it gets monotonous. Yes. It's a very difficult creative process for us to work that and some weeks we're not fucking feeling it so we'll be honest right we want to do something a little bit different exercise our brains in a different way so hopefully this works for you guys because we want to do all these we want to do more of segments like this to kind of break up the monotony here yeah and, and bring something different to you than what you're used to hearing sure or, see, or, or from us or seeing from us or whatever because it's fucking 2018 it's a new year motherfuckers like we're gonna get weird <laughs> but don't forget though that we are still doing great plots and everything just like regular and you can always suggest any kind of segment ideas movie ideas if you want to give us a grave plot name we had like three or four or no we had five people Write us with grave plots that I've actually put in our crystal skull with diamond eyes. It's a new year. We need a new one. But we, I put them in there, and I got like, I took, one person gave me like four, so I just took the two that I liked out of them, because I think two is more than enough. I don't want to put too many in there. One or two, you know, I think is good, but. I don't even remember what I wrote and put in there. Yeah, no, so we, we added them in there. If you guys are ever interested in, in coming for us to make up a plot for a movie that you gave the title to, I'd be more than glad to pick it up out of there. If we pick yours, we'll give you a shout-out. I wrote your names on each of them nice. so that we could give a shout-out to it underneath, so yeah. you will definitely do it. But Fan title ones are cool because we got to work together. I think so, too. So it's not like a pressure on one person. Here's an idea, too, that I've been tossing around a little bit that I've been thinking about, and, and, I, and me and you talked about it a little bit last night with Vash. As you guys already know, we do a fucking, I do streaming for video gaming, and it's not just a place that I can do video gaming. Like, we could legitimately, on YouTube or Twitch, I would prefer Twitch because I feel like it's a pretty awesome platform to use uh, for what we do, and it's not just games, but Grave Plots, in in a sense, is like a game. And we could actually 
in the future, I don't know when, we're trying to work out something that we can do. Sometimes Brittany may not be with us. She may, I don't know, like whatever we can work out. I quit. But on the, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You better not, motherfucker. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now. You better give me a two weeks. This is the last time you're going to hear from me. (laughs) (laughs) You better not, motherfucker. But, But legitimately, like we're thinking about doing it, doing grave plots, live video cast. So we're going to set up cameras. I got to reorganize the studio so that it looks a little bit better for you guys. <laughs> visually appealing in some degree. And uh, I also have to be visually appealing. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Uh, I was like last night. I was like, well, you mean I have to look good now? Like, fuck you, Alex. I well, can't I'm going to set up. Yeah, I'm going to set up cameras all over the room. And dick. we're going to fucking stream that shit live into the interwebs. And then you guys can participate with us and we'll put up polls and things where we'll come up with ideas and things that you guys can contribute to the stories that we do with it. I fucking love that. I think it's a really fun idea and I think we could have a lot of fun together but we would need the support of you guys to come through with us to do it because, I mean, we could always do it and just repost it and stuff but you got to remember we do two episodes a week so doing a grave plot in the middle of the week on top of that is a lot of work and we want to have a lot of participation. We need to have a lot of participation. Yeah, we would need to schedule this in advance and keep telling you we Week after week that it's happening until you tell every one of your friends. Yeah. But if you like this idea, we'll do it. If it's something that you would be interested in and you would like to participate, we'll try to figure out a schedule that would work for everybody. You know, everybody's in different parts of the world. We can't, you know, meet everybody there, but we'll try our best. So and it's always going to be up on Twitch. So you can always watch it again and check it out and try to make another one. And well, maybe we'll try to mix it up and do it on a different time. But I think we should be consistent with a specific time and try to do it each time. So, And if you guys ever want to come check out the Twitch stream, all you have to do is go to twitch.tv forward slash Deacon Rain. That's D-E-K-O-N-R-E-I-G-H-N. So it's twitch.tv forward slash Deacon Rain. Right now I'm actually streaming games on Saturdays and Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And on Wednesdays I actually stream at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time as well. So check it out. Add us so you know in advance when this, if this happens. Agreed. But guys... Thank you so much for stopping by. If you haven't already, we got an episode that's coming up this Thursday with our buddy Vash, uh, which was a lot of fun. It was fun. We had a great time doing it. We actually recorded it before this episode. So definitely check that out this Thursday. We talk about Troll 1 and 2. And then, of course, we'll see you again on Monday after that. But thank you guys so much for stopping by. And remember, if you hear something in the night, by a waterway, in your bedroom, Deep in the jaws of night, a woman crying, screaming, moaning for her children. Run. It may just be La Llorona. Stay weird, monsters. 